Good morning and welcome back to Coworking with Iris. I'm Iris Cavanaugh. And I'm really excited this morning to be talking with my friend Liz Elam. Liz has traveled the globe um, many times and talked to coworking people all over. She's also the executive producer of the Global Juicy or Global Coworking Unconference Conference Movement. And um, Liz is just a fabulous person in general, and she can talk co-working all day long, which I tend to love. So um, without any further ado, I'm going to have Liz introduce herself, and we will dive right into this really juicy conversation. <laughs> Hi, Paris. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks um, for coming here and being yeah. with me today. You bet. Well, I feel like I've told this a thousand times, but, you know, the thing that got me into co-working was I wanted co-working. I worked out of my home for nine years, and yes, it sounds like a prison sentence, because it kind of was like that. So I had a cell, and I, I was in my basement, which sounds even more abysmal, but in Atlanta, their walkout basements. I actually had a garden and a fountain and a beautiful space, but I was alone. And I was entirely too happy to see the UPS man, and he wasn't hot. <laughs> and I visited my refrigerator a little too much. Um, all my errands were always run, though. Um, but I was, like, desperate to be around people because when I'm around people, I am invigorated by the energy of other people. I would not know what the newest, coolest app was unless I was working around other people. I wouldn't know about the best new taco place in Austin, Texas, unless I was around other people. And um, I miss getting a K-Con my birthday. So I was in Italy decompressing after many years in corporate America and decided that I needed to do this. And I could go to Austin or I could go to Atlanta or really I could go anywhere in the world. And I picked Austin because I have roots here. And um, yeah, and Link has been open here for six years. And then um, five years ago, I started the Global Coworking Conference Conference, which grew out of a um, meetup here in Austin, Texas, that Loose Cubes turned into a half-day end conference that I ebbed into a global conference series. And we um, just did LA in May. And we'll be doing Beijing next month and then going to Montreal. Liz, one of the things that I love about your co-working story um, is how common it is. Uh, so many co-working operators got started because they were lonely or they, were, they had a space, an office space, and they just wanted people to come and work with them. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, how did you, you were in Italy. Was there a co-working space in Italy or had you been to one before or did you just have this idea out of the... I just had this idea and when I Googled it, I found co-working. Wow. And and was, oh my gosh, it has a name. <laughs> and I remember, um, I remember meeting you in Austin and... Yeah. Uh, you know, at the Loose Cubes unconference, that half-day unconference there at, uh, what's that place called? The, the Hangar. The yes. Yeah. <laughs> that fun little spot. Um, and I remember having a conversation after your talk at uh, South by Southwest mm -hmm. and yeah. talking about women-owned co-working spaces and, you know, talking about co-working as a business model as opposed to just a movement and Wow, how far we've come in the past six Three. years. 
<laughs> that, was, that was 2010. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that was before. That was pre one of my children, actually. <laughs> and we were all still going to Austin. Yeah, and I remember you bringing your baby to Juicy. I did. I yeah. was I was pregnant for the first Juicy. Uh-huh. I was pregnant that year, and then the next year I brought my baby. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe next year uh, Rebecca and Jason will bring their baby. Yeah. I would love to see. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you're all over the world these days. You're speaking at different conferences around the world. Um, in fact, you're speaking in Oslo coming up. Tell us, tell us what's the conference you're, you're going to? Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. I am, um, you know, one of my passions in life is I really want to see as much of the world as I possibly can. And nothing probably excites me more than getting to check off another country or another region of the world. And I've, I've never been to Norway. And so I was contacted by a group out there and they are doing a commercial real estate conference at a spa north of Oslo. And I'm like, I am your girl. I love you. <laughs> so um, I'm going to get to go hang out in Oslo for a few days and then go up to this conference and talk about co-working to real estate executives at a spa. Wow. Not in Oslo, so if they're in Oslo, they'll all work and they won't concentrate. yeah and then I'm back for a few days and I'm off to Beijing so in your world travels um you know I know you've seen over 200 different spaces you've met operators from all over Mm -hmm. um so what's your biggest takeaway so far on the state of co-working from a global perspective in 2016 well I think um one I think that in seeing all these spaces, the thing that really resonates with me is we're all the same. We might look different, we might talk different, we might um, have really different situations, but we're just people trying to make it happen. And it's really kind of cool to see that all over the world. And to see, because I think if you're a person that's drawn to co-working, um, as a business or as a something you want to do that you're probably passionate about some things that we all have in common and I see that across the globe and so yeah it doesn't kind of matter where you are we speak the same language and that's really cool and then um, I would say the state of co-working right now is um, just explosive unparalleled amazing growth I can remember like I would get excited when I saw a new co-working space was opening somewhere in the world. And if y'all don't know this, I stalk every co-working space in the world in my spare time, but I can't keep up. I'm constantly seeing new spaces pop up all over the world. And so it's just this amazing, fantastic growth that, you know, Steve King told us, you know, six years ago was coming. And um, I feel like it's here, and we're no longer a is it, it's it is. I love that, that um, again, it, what, what you see as sort of the, your biggest takeaway is the commonality of, of the experience that we all share. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it be from operators, you know, handling the, the small little things that come up in a co-working space, to the members whose lives are changed and the operators whose lives are changed every day. 
um, and you know that you travel the globe and you're speaking in, in or you're you're in areas where different languages are spoken and different cultures and different customs. But what's common for everybody is this need to gather together in this community. Yeah, it's really really simple, and I frankly sort of beautiful. And what regions around the world? Um, are you seeing the most growth in or I mean I, I think it's probably just explosive everywhere you know I live in the Bay Area and it's definitely explosive here um, but are there specific pockets of the world that you're sort of seeing are having um, are maybe where we were where Austin was in 2010 where it's brand new and it's just exploding out of out of there right now well um, I actually took some notes on this so you apologize if I look over to the side because I really um, think that it's kind of important to state where these areas are and kind of what I think is driving them. Um, so I think, um, you know, undoubtedly India is really booming right now. Their population is so massive. And along with that, kind of Southeast Asia. So tons of growth in places like Singapore and Hong Kong. Um, also in the Middle East. So all in that region, we're seeing a ton of explosive growth. And I think it's, I think it's because of a need for space. Um, I think in a lot of those places, you know, you can't really work from home because there's 10 people in your home. Mm -hmm. so, um, so in a lot of those country people, quote unquote, live in the streets. Well, they, they empty out of their homes because they're smaller and they're in a more dense population. So they have a greater need. And the other thing they have a need for is internet. Yeah, I was wondering if internet was a factor. So I think those are powers that are driving that because, you know, they need to get things started and they need a place and they need internet and, they, you know, they have a lot of needs. And I think that co-working is really making an impact in those regions. I also think, you know, I think Mexico is one to watch. You know, we're definitely looking really hard at Latin America and plan to do more things with Juicy in Latin America in the next year. Um, the U.S. continues to have a strong economy, and we're a more mature market. Um, in Africa, I think it's more of a socioeconomic need that's driving the co-working there, but Africa is seeing great growth as well. And then in Europe, again, it's a more mature market, but I think, you know, there's clearly some, you know, economic strife happening over there, and I think, you know, it's you know, I think good about co-working is I think co-working will remain even if we do have a recession. Mm -hmm. I think co-working can be a little recession proof. And part of the reason I'd say that is because of my own experience at Link and that we have people that come co-work there while they're looking for a job because they know they're better connected when they're in co-working space. Yeah. I think co-working breeds economic development because people create jobs and create businesses and are inspired in co-working spaces. Mm -hmm. so I think that it's very pivotal. And um, I think, you know, will it be hard? And I opened Link in a recession. You know, is it tough? Yeah. Can you make it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about that as you were talking about, um, you know, the explosive growth, but also the economic um, times that are occurring in Europe currently. And just thinking back to 2008 when um, my local co-working space opened here, literally on the heels of, you know, the collapse of the financial markets here right. in the U.S. 
And we had people pouring in. I mean, we were giving sometimes 15 tours a day. You know, we would have, we would sign up 20 members in a, in a week. It was just, it was crazy. And it was because people were getting laid off um, in droves and they couldn't stop working. They needed to connect. They were going to, you know, freelance or, or contract for another company at the same time. Um, companies were moving to contractors mostly, you know, during that time. Um, and so I agree with you. I think that co-working um, and shared workspace environments can absolutely be recession proof, mm-hmm. um, especially depending on the, um, you know, the economic nature of um, the local regions that they're co-working in. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in India and in Africa, um, who are the people, who are the members there? Are they mostly tech workers? Um, are they um, from all different sectors? Are they a specific generation? Um, you know, what are the genders? What's the mix of, of demographics in those different areas? It's just like everywhere else. You know, there's nothing unique about these vast lands. It's you know, it's entrepreneurs. There is a tech focus, um, a lot of tech focus in India, and there's actually a lot of um, nonprofit focus in Africa. But it's just like everywhere else in the world. It's a little bit of everything. It's freelancers, it's contractors, it's small business, it's big business. It's everybody. I mean, that's what's so great about co-working is there, there's very few people that shouldn't co-work. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's huge. And that's why, and I'm constantly quoting Steve King, and I always give him credit, but he said in 2011, I think it was, he said, you can't build spaces fast enough for demand coming your way. Like, mm-hmm. stop worrying about it and get bigger. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in these regions, um, and, and by the way, I'm happy to hear that people are people, no matter where you go. I just love that. Um, uh, in these regions that you're, that you're seeing, I'm curious about um, government getting involved. Um, one yeah. of my, w- one passion that I have is really, um, you know, wanting to see governments see co-working as the economic development engines that it is and really think of how can we apply the co-working model to solve problems um, in, you know, civics and in economic, um, large-scale economic development, um, but also in education and, and basically every sector of our life. So how much government involvement do you see in these different regions? Uh, it's funny you show that because the place where I see the most is the China. And the Chinese government knows that they are seen as a low-cost manufacturer Mm. and they want to be the startup nation. And they are backing co-working and they are in some regions, and I I can't confirm this, but I've heard that in some regions and some of their really large developments, that in order to get government funding, that you have to have co-working or an incubator. They use the term incubator and co-working kind of um, interchangeably over there. Mm -hmm. You have to have that as part of your development. And talk about a place where, you know, the the population is just massive and the homes are tiny. You need a place to go get things done. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, China really is looking to pivot. Um, also, you know, um, through open work, you know, we've been talking with a group that's affiliated with the Singapore government. 
So um, I'm seeing a lot of it in Asia. Disappointingly, um, I don't see it a lot in the U.S. It's no. so politically driven. It's, um, it's off the mark, if you ask me. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I'm curious in China, um, because co-working, you know, one of the sort of ethos or, or core values of co-working is transparency um, and and co-working spaces seem tend to be filled with people who value transparency uh, at least at some level mm-hmm. um, and of course you know I'm my perspective is is very western focused um, and um, and and based on the information that I receive here and I try to be as broad as possible but you know that's just what I have the knowledge I have so um, is transparency an issue in China or is it um, not even a problem um, I think I think it is a problem um, just as the nature of the government and I think that you know that I think that co-working helps with that mm-hmm that um, once you kind of give the power to the people, that they start making really interesting choices. But you know, it's also why I understand that um, people have had a hard time in um, in Russia because I heard again, I can't confirm this, that you know, some co-working spaces were kind of squelched mm. because you know, if people get together, revolution happens. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, I, I know that there's been some things with co-working in Egypt as well back in the day. So yeah, I mean that's that's the thing is if you're going to change, you know, co-working spaces are change makers. Yes. Yes, and I think um, you know that, that I think it was Thailand or Bali, perhaps that yeah. there was a co-working space that was raided. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that was a couple years back or last summer, mm-hmm. uh, and they were raided because of some type of um, visa laws yeah. around the work that was allowed to be done, um, whether or not you were on a visa or not. Um, and I'm curious, uh, you know, have you heard more stories of this around the world, or is that the only? I really haven't, mm-hmm. um, but it does bring to mind, I don't know where they're at, but there was a group um, that off the coast of Silicon Valley called Lucy. They were going to put a big cruise ship out there mm-hmm. uh, to get by some of the visa requirements, um, which I thought was really interesting, kind of ferried people into Silicon Valley during the day. Mm-hmm. I remember them. They came to visit us. Yeah. Um, and th- that was a really interesting concept. Um, our members, uh, of course, um, are very opinionated. Yeah. I'm sure co-working members everywhere are just as opinionated. Um, but there was a lot of talk about, you know, avoiding tax laws and avoiding, um, you know, basic, even basic worker rights and customs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the idea of just a giant island of co-working floating around the world. How fun would that be? <laughs> uh, there's co and... I've worked in, you know, uh, we have looked at cruise ships before, and it's not necessarily off the table. <laughs> I'd go on a juicy cruise ship as long as we weren't yeah. dumping. Our, <laughs> as long as we're not dumping our garbage into the ocean, I'd be happy. <laughs> um, and so, we're you know we're speaking of cruise ships and different types of models. You know, we're seeing co-living, we're seeing destination co-working, co-workations. 
um, and so many different models that mesh co-working together with different types of businesses. What's your prediction for the next big thing to come along in co-working? I, I think co-living has really got some great potential. Um, and so I'm, I'm really watching co-living pretty intently. Um, and, and I think the digital nomad kind of movement will continue to thrive. And I love seeing some programming around it because I think that's helpful. Um, yeah, so I, I think there's lots of models and lots of new things coming. Um, and I think the one with the most potential is co-living. Mm -hmm. And um, have you been, you know, in your travels around the world, do you stay in any co-living type of locations when you go? I have not, not yet. Um, you know, I, I've stayed in Airbnbs all over the world, but not, not co-living yet. I find co-living incredibly fascinating. Um, I grew up uh, on not on any communes. I did live on a commune at one point in my life, um, but I grew up on a uh, in a lot of areas where there was communal land trusts, where people got together and you know bought land together and made intentional communities um, and raised their children together. And to me, um, co-living sort of stems out of that desire to to really live together and 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 share. Um, and I'm really, really fascinated. I'm excited to go to Juicy Canada because I understand that co-living is a big aspect of, of um, what people are doing in Canada and that yeah. there will be conversations there. Yeah, we've been talking about co-living um, since the first Juicy. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had speakers. We've been in the unconference. And I think, you know, I think the other thing that we'll see is I think we're going to see a bigger adoption of people um, putting incubators and accelerators into their co-working space. I think we'll see more of that as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, that that's just good business for a lot of people, and I also think it's smart. Yeah, and I'm imagining there will also be, you know, just continue to be um, attempts at bringing childcare into the co-working spaces and making, you know, co-working. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> it successfully is third door in London. Third door. Yeah. Um, and uh, coffee shops, um, different types of, of uh, integrations, you know, mm -hmm. like Jamie did with the Pacific Business Centers, perhaps like you're doing with Link 2. Yeah. Link Flex. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, so what's coming next for you? What's your next big thing? You know, my, I think my next big thing is um, to continue to grow Link in Austin. That's really fun. I have three locations, and I'm working on four. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how you do that, Liz. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, really, I really love traveling, and, you know, I'm always just looking for new ways to boondoggle my way around the world. So if anyone would like to hire me to go to somewhere exotic and speak, I'm in. And, um, you know, Juicy, I think, is going to grow because um, I think we're going to stop limiting ourselves to co-working. Co-working is our roots and co-working is my love, but that doesn't mean that we can't incorporate some things from the incubator world and the accelerator world and the entrepreneurship world. And, you know, we've talked about before, you know, one of the greatest things about knowing your peers in this industry is the support you get. And I think that Juicy owes it 
to its contingency to bring more support to the people that need it. Mm -hmm. Whether that be phone calls or products, I don't know, but I just feel like a lot of us are overworked and stressed out and struggling with balance. And I think that that's something that we need to address more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know that we've also talked about this, but I think um, as, as our industry and, and our movement matures and ages, um, there are those of us who've been doing it for a long time and we sort of age out of specific things and, um, you know, run into trouble, run into, um, uh, you know, relationships that ended up not being the best relationships for us to be in with either business partners or partnerships with, uh, with landlords. Um, and, and what I see is a real need to be able to support ourselves and support each other outside of the, you know, three days a week or three days a year that we can get together at Juicy or, you know, um, taking a trip to Seattle to visit our friends. So um, how, do you, how do you see us doing that? I mean, what, what can we do to sort of extend that good feeling that we've got at Juicy for those, those three days, um, you know? Yeah, I, think it's, I think it's more programming and I think it's also helping people find resources. Like mm -hmm. I think you're a great resource. You know, it's, it's, I think it's, there needs to be more connection. There needs to be more communication. And I think you're going to see Juicy moving in that direction. Awesome. Yeah. That's, that's fun. And um, I just, you know, one of the things that I love about Juicy is I'm always excited. What's Liz's surprise going to be this year? <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite. What's the big announcement? Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, where is Juicy USA going to be this coming this uh, next year in 2017? Well, you know, we are really focusing on finding something in the East Coast, but our interest was very much piqued by the poll that we did on the Juicy Facebook group, which is if you've been to a Juicy, you can join the Juicy Facebook group. And we did a poll and said, where do you want to go? And Denver came out of nowhere. <laughs> like took over and so Good. you know we're also looking at Denver so it's going to be on the east coast or perhaps Denver <laughs> still working on it well I'm excited to see when that announcement comes out um, I'm really looking forward to Juicy Canada yeah and, um, what's your what's your juicy schedule for the fall um so we have Beijing is August 8th through the 10th, and then we are in Montreal, oh gosh, um, I think it's the 5th to the 8th or something like that. Mm -hmm. Of October. Yep, and then um, we're actually going to move Singapore, we, we just don't feel like we can pull that off this year, mm -hmm. um, and there's possibly a surprise coming in December. Mm. And then, you know, we're looking at starting it all back over in May. Wow. And, <laughs> you know, we'll do, um, we'll do Juicy USA. You know, we'll do something in Latin America. We'll go China again. We'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Um, we'll be in Vancouver, Canada. And then, yeah, we've got, we've got some surprises coming, um, you know. I'm very excited. I think I talked to you and possibly Tony, and I don't know who else, but we really, really want to do a camp on a campground, um, probably in Colorado. 
So that's something to look forward to. Yes, I want that so bad. I really, really, really want to go to camp. It's been too many years since I've gone to camp. And let's talk co-working for how many days is that? I mean, yeah, we get to sit around a fire, sing songs about co-working or just anything, roast some marshmallows. Um, yeah, gotta get in the woods. It's yeah. Get a permit to have a fire anywhere else. Yeah. going to have to do it. <laughs> I love it. Well, Liz, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, it's always awesome to talk to you, and I really appreciate your time. My pleasure. Have a great weekend. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye. Well, thank you for joining us again today, and um, please jump back over to join us next week. I will be talking with Maura Hauser of 25 North Coworking. Um, currently in Geneva, Illinois. Mora is bringing co-working to the suburbs. And um, as part of my continuing series on what I refer to as neighborhood co-working or small community co-working spaces, I'll be talking to Mora about the unique aspect of co-working in the suburbs, bringing a community together and uh, doing good in the external community as a group of people, making, you know, really legislating good um, out of a co-working space. Join us 10 a.m. next Friday.